0: Hi there, and welcome to Polyamory Uncensored, a podcast where we, your hosts, Lindsay Miller and Katie Williams, interview a poly person each episode, and we try to answer the five points of journalism, who, what, when, where, and why, as it pertains to our poly lives.
1: You're listening to episode 32, where we chat with Lane. Stay tuned as we delve into the good, the bad, the ugly, and the just plain complicated truths about our poly lives. All right, so Lane, who are you? Hi,
2: That's a big question. Um, my name's Lane. I've been poly for about two and a half years now. Um, my husband and I have been married for about nine years. Uh, we decided to do to kind of take the leap about six and a half years in. um i'm I'm thirty two. I've got three cats and a pretty cool duplex. and
1: yeah, all right. So what drew you guys to Polly? Or you specifically, I guess we shouldn't ask you to speak for your husband.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess it was always kind of interesting. We had actually always talked about it um, since maybe not as much when we were dating. But even after we got married, almost right away, it was something that was kind of on our minds and that we were interested in. Um, we both grew up in very fundamentalist churches, with a very conservative culture we both went to private schools our entire lives so it just it was something that we were always interested in especially when both of us realized that we were bi um but of course the churches we grew up in that was it was a pretty big no-no yeah um and i actually did church work for about 13 years i was a youth minister up until about two and a half years ago wow um And so, like, even though we had talked about it and, like, discussed it and daydreamed and everything, we knew that, you know, with my career and with all of our friends and family at the time that it just, it wasn't going to happen. Like, I would be blacklisted, I would lose my career, it just, it wouldn't work out. So right about the time when we were kind of discussing me figuring out something else to do, um, we, we thought we had a little more time and then I sort of surprised lost my job and we had been daydreaming and discussing real hard for a while and then when I lost my job we were kind of like well I guess this is our chance and that was actually like the first decision we made um, was to kind of dive into being poly so we waited until my severance check cleared Uh, Mm -hmm. and then and then we kind of started looking into it mainly because growing up so sheltered we both felt like we were nearing our 30s and we felt like we hadn't really lived a whole lot like there were so many different people we wanted to meet so many like experiences we wanted to have and we didn't really want to be restrained by oh well we're married so we can't we have all of these things that we can or can't do with Mm -hmm. other people Um, It sounds like
1: you two got together pretty young.
2: Yeah, we got married at 22. I met him when I was 19. And I am 31 and a half. (laughs) So yeah. So it was it was kind of a we want to explore the world and we don't want to have to break up or change our lives to do it. We just want to see maybe some of the stuff we missed that everyone else seemed to kind of get when they (laughs) were younger. So that's kind of what drew us a lot and not having those constraints on exploring. Very cool. Yeah. What does polyamory mean to you? Um, Polyamory means to me basically being able to experience people and the world kind of not necessarily not without boundaries or anything because boundaries are very important. But like one of the things I love about being poly is that a relationship can become whatever it is meant to become. Whether that's a really deep platonic relationship where I still get to call the person my partner and all of that. Or if it's something that's like really electrifying and exciting and um, a, a deep romantic emotional everything kind of commitment. I, For me, it's being able to love a person, whatever that means. Um, yeah, whether that's romantic or platonic or... Um, coming and going or whatever that relationship that works for me and that person is to be able to allow it to be that and still have room to do that with others in my life as well.
1: Very cool. Um, What, if anything, do you find difficult about polyamory? Oh, boy. That's a great question.
2: I guess boundaries and respecting other people and respecting myself can sometimes get a little fuzzy, especially going along with the, well, I want it to be able to become, like, whatever it needs to be. And sometimes that means, at least for me, sometimes that means I give a little more leeway than I probably should. Um, And I do take boundaries and everything really seriously. But the one thing that I always find myself, maybe not necessarily struggling with, but always considering and thinking over is not only how whatever relationship i've built with someone affects me but also affects all of my other partners and so it's kind of going back to the like i want to explore i want to see the world i want to meet new weird people there was a little while there right at the beginning where i was making some not great decisions and being like well i just want to do weird cool things and meet all these weird people and some of them were bad decisions and I learned very quickly that my who I chose to bring into my life didn't just affect me mm-hmm. um, and how I had to be careful and look out for everyone else that I was responsible for and that I cared for, um, while at the same time not necessarily allowing that to completely dictate where I was going with my life or my relationships, but also being careful that I was respecting them and their autonomy and their privacy and what kind of life and boundaries they set up for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of a back and forth I do a lot. I think for me that's one that's
0: that's always on my mind. That makes sense. So when did you know you were poly? Did you know before you opened up your relationship or before you were married? That's a
2: good question. I I think I know there's a lot of discussion on whether it's like gender or sexuality. Like, are you born poly or is it a choice or... And I'm not really sure for me where I fall with that. I think I could have stayed monogamous and happy probably for the rest of my life. But now that I've stepped out to be poly, I don't think I could ever, ever go back. Um, So it was something, a discussion that uh, my husband and I started exploring pretty early on. I think I, I even knew... A few people when I was younger, some, some I think, members of my family or something like that had, like, kind of stepped out into the poly world and stuff. So I, I knew it was a thing that existed, but I didn't think about it a whole lot um, until I think, like, college and my husband and I were kind of discussing it. And um, I like to write stories kind of sometimes in my off time, and it was something some of my characters were exploring and... Um, That kind of piqued my interest a lot, just kind of writing about it or talking about it or um, seeing other people doing it. And it kind of, it always, I mean, clearly always stuck with me. And it was something that um, my husband and I always talked about and thought about. And then when it kind of got to be, when I knew, like... My season of church work was coming to an end. It it was, like I said, the first decision we made. It was the thing that was the most on our minds, like, the year before it happened. Like, we want to try this. We feel like this is going to, like, this is for us. This is part of who we want to be. And it was like, as soon as we decided to step out and make that decision, it just felt so right. Um. So I would say we kind of, I kind of started thinking about it, talking about it, probably um 10-ish years ago but the two and a half years ago or so when we finally did it it was kind of like yes this this is it this is this is right
1: so you earlier talked a little bit about how uh, excited you were to meet new weird people and um i'm gonna we always ask this question, mm-hmm. but I feel like it really fits this okay. <laughs> interview. Uh, when, if ever, did you feel different? Oh, boy. <laughs> I I have always,
2: always felt different. Um, in my family of origin, I, I would always get teased for being so quiet. And uh, I was, I think, one of the first in my family to ever, like, go to college. And, like, I while like the school and everything i was like the most religious of my family unit and so that was always kind of different like oh she's the quiet churchy one and
1: <laughs> having met you since you have come out as poly right I, totally it, not different. At all nope. how i see you yep. <laughs> it's, yeah um
2: and like so i always felt different in my family i always felt different at school because I went to a private school and everyone was very um, white, upper middle class, and I was not. We didn't have a whole ton of money. Uh, my dad was blue collar. I liked. I wasn't one of those kids that wanted to wear like polo shirts and ride horses. I wanted to read about vampires and like black was my favorite color, and I liked dressing like a boy half the time. And so I always felt very other, and especially in in a church setting those things really really stuck out um so i always felt i've always felt different for a whole ton of reasons uh ironically the the poly thing is actually one of the i think maybe that's why it was so easy for me to be like no i'm just going to do this cuz it's going to make me happy so i'm i'm fine because i got so used to growing up people telling me well that's a phase well you can't do that well everyone's going to look down on that well that's so weird and different it's like yeah, it's my whole life. I'm fine. Okay. I don't, I don't care. I'm just going to do it because it just, yeah, growing up in the church and being different and especially then going into church work and still being different and having, because I worked with um, middle and high schoolers and having the parents be like, you're teaching our kids sometimes. It'd be like, yeah, I can relate to them a lot better than you can. But it was always like, yeah, I'm different and I got to be okay with that. And kind of, it felt like it wasn't quite until I hit like 30s. I mean, I'm 31 now. It was like 29, 30 when I was kind of just like, I'm just going to own it. I don't, I don't care. I'm just going to be weird and go with it. And if people like it, they like it. And if they don't, that's all right.
0: That's their prerogative. (laughs) Uh, So where would you say you are in your poly journey? Um, I would say I'm probably really
2: starting to figure things out and kind of settle down. Um when I think it was, I was about, uh, 28, 29 or so. And it was, the interesting thing is I, we kind of decided to dive into the poly thing right, right about the same time that I kind of realized, oh, I'm coming out of church work. I've barely done like anything crazy with my life. I'm about to turn 30. So my year from 29 to 30, even aside from poly was just like, well, I'm gonna see how much I can cram into this one year before I hit thirty, and uh, and like I didn't go that crazy. I was a church kid, so for me, crazy was like I got real, real drunk and got sick on the side of the highway. Like that was one of my shining moments that I look Big back and acts I'm, like of rebellion. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was a bad kid <laughs> 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 who made sure she still had a DD, and yeah. Um,
1: sad so, but responsible. Right,
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, within limits. Um so I guess now I kind of I kind of did my whole like I'm going to date a whole bunch of people and maybe people that I know I shouldn't be dating and I'm going to mm. do crazy things and all that and I think now I'm looking for more to grow into. Um people that I definitely know that I want around that I want to like share my life with and kind of open up myself to and just kind of move forward ri- with rather than like, oh, I just want to explore the world and I want to learn new things. And, you know, if this person is around for one month and then just vanishes, okay. Now it's like, I want I want people that I know I'm going to be moving forward in my life with.
1: Um, that almost actually answers both questions that we usually <laughs> ask in this, which is, where do you hope to go? Yeah, <laughs> It sounds like you've got a pretty clear idea of where you hope to go.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I, right now... We we have a duplex that um, a couple of us bought together and a couple of us live in together. Um, I we we share a house like I have multiple nesting partners and my best friend and her boyfriend live in the upper upper unit, um, and it's just kind of like we're sort of just creating this little commune family type group and and we do family meals and we hang out and we play video games and it's just kind of like I'm I'm creating my own family unit and group and it's
0: it's really nice. That's
1: awesome. That's kind of yeah. living the dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's. Really is.
0: Yeah. So, why do you think you are Polly? I I think I'm Polly.
2: It kind of goes back to sort of always feeling different, always feeling other. And I've always taken very seriously building my own family um being that i didn't fit in quite a bit and um having had some traumatic experiences when i was a kid and in high school and stuff and having sort of that that trauma and figuring out that like family isn't necessarily who you're born with or who you're put with it's it's who you choose And Polly was a way for me to do that, was a way for me to more sincerely and um, specifically build my own family, people who are like me, people who I want to have around, who can challenge me and guide me and grow with me. Um, And I've, I've always been the, the one saying I've always enjoyed is that family is a privilege and not a right. Um, And I, I take that very seriously of you know boundaries and not allowing toxic people in my life and that means that you know maybe I don't I mean I do some of my family are fantastic people but maybe the blood family that I was born with is not necessarily my family but I still want a family it just may not look like everybody else's and that's kind of what what I want out of Polly and why I've gone after it so hard is because I want to build my family and figure out where I belong.
1: That's very cool.
2: Why did you agree to be interviewed? I I, I was about to say I like talking, <laughs> but I don't think that's a great answer. Um, I don't know. I f- I feel like Polly needs to be talked about more. Um, I I am certainly not one of those people that goes around like shouting from the rooftops, but I also take very seriously being out and being open and genuine and honest. And I guess I kind of figured that if whatever i have to say might help somebody out there or might be that voice for some people who can't have a voice about theirs yet then why not
1: yeah
0: awesome (laughs) all right well we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back the tool shed is a mission-driven education-based sex toy store located in milwaukee wisconsin more than your typical adult store, the Toolshed provides quality, body safe products that enhance the sexual lives and relationships of their customers, and they do it all in a comfortable, compassionate, and welcoming atmosphere. Not located near Milwaukee? That's okay. The Toolshed's online shop at www.toolshedtoys.com serves customers all over the world. The Toolshed strives to be the source for accurate, up-to-date information about sexual health and pleasure. Their store is staffed by sexual educators who are invested in providing sex-positive and inclusive support to their customers throughout their lifespan, no matter where they're from. The Toolshed stocks a large selection of products made from body-safe materials. They have sex toys for folks of all genders, orientations, and inclinations, including gear for strap-on play, vibrators to stimulate a variety of body parts, BDSM gear, kink supplies, and much more. The Toolshed is also proud to offer a large inventory of gender expression supplies like binders, soft packers, shaping underwear, and breast forms. Last but not least, the Toolshed stocks lots of great books on topics like ethical non monogamy, how to negotiate consent, kinky play, sexual pleasure, sexual health, and so much more. They've got over 500 different titles in stock at their Milwaukee location and host a regular monthly book club, too. Every day, the Toolshed staff answers questions about products, pleasure, health, and relationships, all without shame or stigma. The Toolshed also offers in person and online private consultations for people who have in depth questions about any of those things, as well as other. Other subjects like communication and relationships, establishing healthy boundaries, fertility basics, alternative menstrual products, and other topics folks deal with every day as sexual beings. You can visit the Toolshed in person at 2427 North Murray Avenue in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or you can check out our online store at www.toolshedtoys.com. From now through the end of 2019, you can use promo code POLY2019, P-O-L-Y-2-0-1-9 At checkout for 10% off your next purchase. Thanks. All right, so Lane, uh, the topic that you have chosen today is commitment. So uh, first off, can you speak to a little bit why commitment and why that topic spoke to you? So
2: um, I, when my husband and I decided to go poly, we also did not wait terribly long before we just came out to our families into the world as Polly, and um most of it went surprisingly well some of it went a little rough um but i took a partner home for the first time that any of them met someone new last may or so and so the the family met this new partner of mine they all knew who he was they all knew all about it and everything some family members avoided us and that was fine but um I have one family member who I really like and he is very inquisitive he is not afraid to ask questions and it's always very respectful so I was honestly kind of excited to see what he would come up with and so my partner and I were sitting there and and my uncle was across from us kind of asking us questions chatting about things and he made a comment that has just sort of And he made it later on in a different visit, too, because we kind of got interrupted and never finished the conversation. But he looked at us and he was like, so Lane is married. And my partner was like, yeah. And my uncle was like, well, then there's no future in it for you. Like, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you dating her? Why? Why are you in this relationship if there is no future? And that was right about, like, my, my partner kind of started to answer, and, like, it was a very unexpected question. It's not one that I've really gotten yet. And then we got interrupted, and then when my um, family came to visit a couple family members, of course, they saw this partner again, and they kind of started reiterating the question since we had gotten interrupted. And it was just, that question has just stuck with me of, well, why are you in this if there's no future? And it kind of... It gave me a lot to think about, and I was also very frustrated with mm-hmm. it, because I'm not I'm not a big proponent of the usual escalator relationship. Um, I consider myself child free. I've I've never necessarily wanted kids of my own. Um, I did get married, but it's it's like we were never sure if we wanted to own. Ho- we were just never sure if we really wanted to like follow that kids career retirement white picket fence and so I mean I guess going back to being different it's like that's never really suited me and so that idea
0: of well what future do you have just kind of stuck with me. So at least in polyamorous relationships maybe even versus monogamous relationships what does commitment look like and, and is it different?
2: I think um with the idea of I want any relationship to kind of be whatever it turns into being. Um, I am married, but I think a lot of people would not necessarily say that it's what most people think of as marriage. Um, not even just because we're poly, but uh, we've always had an interesting relationship, just an interesting dynamic. And I think any partner that I have can come with a different type of commitment whether they are married or whether they have kids or something like that um i'm i am the big proponent of not every relationship has to look like another um so whatever that commitment looks like just because it might kind of turn into more of a deep friendship rather than a romantic um relationship i believe that you know, they're, they're still my partner in that. It's, it just looks different. Or just because maybe someone that I'm seeing wants to go off and start traveling and never settle down and never have like the typical life that some people might expect, that doesn't necessarily mean that we have to stop seeing each other or that there's not going to be a future there. Um, To me, commitment is much more about i want you in my life i want to be in your life and i'm going to do what it takes to make sure that happens no matter what the dynamic is or whatever the relationship looks like to me commitment is kind of doing life together even if that doesn't mean that we're like physically right there side by side or if it's not like within a structured marriage or if we don't have kids and a dog together or something that I can still be committed to someone I mean when you're friends with someone and they move away you don't necessarily stop being friends with them um and whatever way their life takes doesn't necessarily mean that you're just going to kind of up and
1: give
0: up or that you're not committed to the relationship or to the friendship yeah yeah Yeah,
1: yeah Right. And what it looks like may evolve, but, you know, it doesn't have to evolve the same way that some other friend who now lives in a different place. Yeah. Yeah. What that relationship looks
0: like. So this kind of concept of the future I also found really interesting because um, I'm sure I've also gotten people uh, saying that maybe not directly or directly asking me and I'm not out I don't necessarily bring partners home to family events, mm-hmm. but I, I'm sure that would come up. Like, what is the future of your relationship? And and it's such an, a weird question because, like, what's the future of anyone's relationship? Yeah. You know, dying? Is yeah. Yeah. That- is that what you want? Right. Like, is that right. Well, the there's the script, you want? right? Like yeah. you're married <laughs> and
1: you have, you know, you're mm-hmm. whatever, you, you, you date, you get engaged, you yep. get married, you have children, you buy the house yep. or, you know, you you can, there's the some a little bit
0: of variance you, yeah. in the order,
1: yeah. Yeah. but <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the kids go to college and yeah. you know, you have your freedom back for a little while, then you're too yeah. old to enjoy it yeah. and then you die. And then yep. you die. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> so deviating from that script, I think, happens to far more people than, you know... Right. ...than the script would suggest. Right.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: But figuring out yeah. what commitment looks like if you are writing your own script... Yeah. ...is... It, it's not always easy. Yeah. It
2: can... I mean, with with anything in, in poly, it can take a lot of communication. It's also the idea, um, kind of getting to, like, well, what is a successful relationship? Right. Um, and like why is it only successful if we get married and we're together forever and we have the and we do the whole escalator thing and then yeah, and then we die. Is that successful because we stayed together that whole time? Is it still successful if we didn't like each other that whole time? Right. Is it like is what it, is it still
0: successful if you fell out of love right. but just stuck yeah. stuck with it? Yeah.
2: Or were miserable yeah. and stuck with and yeah, is or that Or being
0: abused consistently the whole time. Is yeah. that success?
2: Yeah. Like, absolutely um, not. <laughs> So, the idea of commitment and successful relationships, and I think is far more murky than than a lot of people want to admit or want to let on. Um, and I think with Polly, that that gets, I mean, everything in Polly is complicated, and that makes it both fun and real frustrating. Um, but like what what is successful? if if I have this partner that I'm so connected with, and they decide that for their future they they need to move on, they need to go and move somewhere else and explore and get a different job or something like that, does that mean if I want to stay, does that mean we failed? Does that mean we have to stop being committed? Or does the relationship just change? And that's that's where the communication comes in. Is it maybe some people would prefer to be able to disconnect and live their own lives. And that I don't think that necessarily means they failed or even necessarily that they're not committed anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it just means that this was the relationship and it was great for what it was and while it lasted, and maybe that's time to move on.
0: Um, Maybe a truly successful relationship can also have a successful breakup. Yeah. You know, a successful end point. Yeah, yeah. But
1: even in an ongoing relationship, you really still have to carve out what does this commitment Mm -hmm. to this person look like? Yeah, And I'm thinking right now actually of a friendship, but uh, one of my longest term and strongest friendships, we realized when our children were really young and we Mm -hmm. were in that sort of early parent overwhelm that the only time we might be able to spend together was going for walks on the weekend at Mm -hmm. 5 o'clock in the morning because nobody Mm -hmm. demands anything of you at 5 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and like... At that time, I was still married. So, you know, my ex wife could take care of the children if there was somebody who needed something between like five and seven in the morning. And we could go out and walk and get coffee and walk back. And we've now been doing that for like eight years. And it's like this amazing part of my week that I look forward to. I know that she looks forward to. And, you know, we try to do it every Saturday and every Sunday, but obviously Mm -hmm. life gets in the way. So we don't actually do it every single time. But, it's this wonderful way that we've carved out this relationship and it's made our friendship stronger. It's it's a commitment. It's a Mm -hmm. serious commitment.
2: Yeah. And I I had a partner um, long distance for a while that I would, it wasn't terribly far away. So I would go visit about once a month or so. And it was almost like a mini vacation every single time because it was like, I went out there, we would just, Hang out in his apartment, play with his cats, and do like nothing, and it was great. And it was just this really nice, separate thing,
1: like a bubble, yeah, from your world.
2: Yeah, and like it's, it wasn't just because it was, it just because it felt like a vacation, and like everything else was pretty copacetic and easy flowing, and we kind of had our own lives aside from that. Doesn't doesn't mean that yeah, it wasn't committed, that it wasn't serious, that whatever it was, or if you have a partner that is moving away, and just have that discussion. Like, what do we want it to look like? So maybe it's not anymore that, like, you wake up and you cook breakfast together. Maybe it's you've got someone that lives in another state, and now you got a cool place to stay and a great person to hang out with when you go visit that state. And that's just a different type of relationship. Right.
1: Or maybe it moves to mostly your texting. Yeah. So, you know, you have your pattern that you develop of what works for you to stay in communication that way.
2: Yeah. And just kind of the idea of um, being open and sitting down and talking about it like these things are changing. These life changes are happening. What do we want? What's going to work for us? And probably revisiting that 20 times as you figure out that all of the seven things you decided were gonna work for you don't actually work for you. But being willing to have that conversation and figure out what that is. Maybe maybe it's a de-escalation and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe taking it back from romance to being friends is okay if someone needs space or if someone needs to be able to focus on something else. Another thing that I really like about Polly is that that doesn't mean that you're not just no longer committed, but that doesn't mean that you can never be committed again. Mm -hmm. Just because maybe someone needs to focus on something or there's a lot going on and you guys need to kind of take your break doesn't mean that, oh, oops, somebody met someone else and then they're married and you can never come back to it. You'll never have that again. Well, maybe you just need to step away from each other for a while, do your own growing and living, and sure, maybe you might meet some new people or do some new things, but the beautiful thing is that maybe you can come back and have the same type of commitment or the same type of relationship, or maybe you just kind of stretch it a bit, and maybe it just looks different for a while until you can get back to what it was.
1: I actually really love that because I have one person who does not consider themselves poly. Mm. And, you know, I have the expectation that at some point they will meet some monogamous person and they will have a monogamous relationship and things will change between Mm -hmm. us into more of a strictly friendship platonic dynamic. But I kind of like the idea of, Well, you know, probably for maybe, but maybe not forever because that relationship might be successful and not last forever Mm -hmm. also. Or perhaps they will decide in the course of that relationship that actually being poly might work for them. Yeah. You never know.
2: Yeah. Or maybe you're just not the right people for each other right now and you need to grow in different ways, but who's to say you won't grow back together? Right. Or maybe someone needs to stretch themselves and learn how to better communicate or learn how to better whatever it is. And then once you do your own growing or I'm a huge proponent of therapy, maybe working on some things and then being able to come back and be even stronger than you were Mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. and You have all these new experiences and all of these new ways to connect. Um, One thing I definitely noticed being monogamous for six and a half years was we had our own culture. Like, uh he and I had our own culture, we had all of our own inside jokes, and eventually we kind of got to a point where, like, we didn't have a lot to talk about because we did everything together, and it was just our entire lives were each other. And now it's like when we sit down to chat or have our dates or things like that, it's like, oh my gosh, I did this thing and I did this thing, and it's, we can grow each other. I can I can go do something and come back with all this information or all these topics that we had never thought about and challenge each other in new ways because it's not just so tunnel vision mm-hmm. and that's real cool. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When it comes to commitment, oftentimes the first thing I'll think about is like a commitment to having time with one another. Mm. And obviously, with long distance relationships, time together might be over the phone mm-hmm. or it might be doing a Skype or a um, or just Maybe even just writing on Google Docs or gu- writing <laughs> or writing Google Docs, yeah. Um, so time kind of goes hand in hand with commitment, but love isn't quantifiable. Time is. You yeah. only have so much time yeah. in every day. So do you think that there there is a like upper limit of how much commitment you can? You know, like, have. I feel like with, like, anything, it's yeah. kind of like a job. Yeah, well, people really get only polysaturated. Oh, yeah. So, yeah.
1: you know, you hit your own personal point of mm-hmm. when you've got no more commitment that is available for you to give. Yeah.
2: Uh, we were actually talking on the drive over here about that exact thing, about, like, how do you know, like, be very aware of your own limits and be willing to admit when you are polysaturated or... Even if maybe it's not necessarily all the partners, if maybe you just need some time to explode. Because sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need that time for ourselves. Um, But I think it goes back to what type of partnerships that you have. Because some will take a lot more time or a lot more emotional energy than others do. Um absolutely with my husband, we have a we have a really chill relationship. We were so connected and like maybe not codependent, but we were we were real connected for about six and a half years, and every time I'm with him, I still feel that. So we don't that relationship doesn't need nearly as much nurturing As Some of my other ones do that are maybe just starting or maybe have hit a rocky point. Um, So when it when it comes to my husband, it doesn't take as much emotional energy or even necessarily time commitment, um, because we have this dynamic and this flow that we've gotten so used to. Um, where with other partners, sometimes it is like we want the time, we want the energy, we want to go do things. Or maybe I have some partners that are going through stuff and that's going to demand more of my time and energy. Or if I do have like one partner's long distance, that takes, I mean, yeah, it takes Skyping and texting and everything, but maybe not as much time as something else does. Um, Which actually is...
1: Uh, that, so I also have a long distance mm. person and I actually find that it takes a lot of time. But the time is time that I can sort of flex a little yeah. and multitask. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we we do write in a Google, Google mm-hmm. Doc and sometimes we do it asynchronously. But oftentimes like that's our sort of right before bedtime yeah. thing is we're both on the Google Doc writing back and forth together. And it it's a lot of time. It's probably the most regular mm. time that is in any of my relationships but it's also like you know be right back you know got to go deal with a kid thing or you know Mm -hmm. whatever like it's a very flexible time
2: yeah yeah that's and knowing what flexibility you have within each relationship um i have had times where i've had like five partners and Felt totally fine. Felt like I had time for myself. Felt like I had breathing room. And there have been times when I had two or three partners and I felt absolutely overwhelmed all the time. Um, so I think it depends on the person and the dynamic and honestly sometimes just where your life's at. Um, 100%. Yeah. So I think also the commitment and going back to like maybe you need to take a break. Maybe you need to step away and then regroup. Um, And being able to have room to do that and the trust to communicate that um, of, yeah, I have this commitment, but I also, you know, I have commitment to myself too. And sometimes I need to take care of myself just like I would take care of any other partnership or dynamic and know what you can do and what you can't do. Um, And the commitments that you've made, uh, yeah, to your job, to yourself, to your pets, to your house, to your kids, to whatever it is. And just having sometimes the courage that it takes to be able to say, yeah, I need a second. I need to I need to pause Mm -hmm. for a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to to bring up self-care as a and self-commitment kind Mm -hmm. of like them being uh, similar or the same even in that committing to yourself is a form of self-care and giving yourself time, uh, quality time with yourself, as well as any of the relationships that you're trying to foster. Like, that's important. Yeah. Self-care is important.
2: Yeah. I know I have definitely become much more of an extrovert. I don't need nearly as much alone time as I used to, but I have partners and friends that need a lot. And... um. Like, I know some people do the, you know, I'm with X person this night of the week or I'm with X person this night of the week. I have known people and I applaud them for being like, well, this night is my night. This is the night that I sit down and watch 90 Day Fiance and color in my coloring book. (laughs) That's my self-care. But, (laughs) um, like, I, knowing that you're your own partner, too, that sounds kind of, silly, but I mean, it's true that you have a commitment to yourself to growing yourself and kind of going back like you're you're also responsible and for all of these other people. And if you're a big part of your life and your own health is is a big part of their life, then you have a little bit of a responsibility, not just for yourself to take care of you, but for them, too. Um, At least that's how I kind of try and look at it, because when it comes to just me i can be like no i don't need to take care of myself i can just keep pushing but when i look at it as like well so and so needs me to be the best me that i can be and that means that i need to pause sometimes i need to sit down and be quiet sometimes that helps me actually do it
1: that's a great point that that motivator to take care of yourself, because oftentimes, and I think this is something that probably is a particularly a thing that those of us who are um, culturally perceived as women, mm. raised as women, treated as women, like there's explicit lessons of you sacrifice yourself yeah. to whatever the needs of the family or the whoever mm-hmm. are, and you know you you come in last. Yeah, yeah. and learning how to. Not put yourself last, right? Uh, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first yep. is actually really important yep.
2: and not easy. Yeah, no, it's it can take practice. Yeah, and that kind of going back to commitment, not even necessarily just relationship commitment, but commitment to the things you've said you're going to do or commitment to whatever it is. I mean, it's not when you look at the the time that you have to put into nurture relationships and stuff, it's, yeah, it's going back to also making sure if you have kids, you have time for your kids because you have a commitment to that. Or uh, I have cats. So my commitment to my cats and taking care of them and making sure that they have all of the, you know, pets
1: that they need. And um <laughs> and the kind of toys they like to play. Right. With. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. I like to get them frogs. I like to think <laughs> that my cats specifically like frog toys for some reason. But yeah, it's, commitment i think is an interesting topic because it can be so many different things um i don't know commitment to i just started reading a book and i i promised myself i would finish this book and how does that play into all of the rest of the web or the venn diagram of my life
0: yeah yeah i think it's a really like prevalent monogamous concept that commitment means exclusivity yeah and that, like, if someone is dating two people, they're not committed to either of them mm-hmm. because or they're not, quote unquote, loyal to either of them. Yeah. Right. And um, and I think that was probably potentially maybe what your family members mm-hmm. like mentality was. And did you ever actually come up with a with an answer to your uncle who said, what is what's in the future?
2: I the second time it came back around i was actually not present for the conversation um i i am also one of those people that plans things out like okay i'm going to have this answer for mm-hmm. them so like i kind of had my own idea which is very much pretty much everything i've been saying right now um but i'm i'm not sure how my partner responded when it was just them alone discussing it but yeah the just the whole idea of that, of it's, you know, it doesn't have to be just one-on-one or it doesn't have to just be, I don't know, it's just a topic that every so often it, it pops into my head. Like, well, what is the future? Well, what is the future anyway?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, even if you're in a marriage, who's to say that something catastrophic won't happen? And... How many
0: marriages are forever? Yeah. It's very rare. Or, well,
1: or... the future, you know, there's a there's a lot of time between now and the end of your life. Right, yeah. So the future, you know, could be next year, could be, you know, mm-hmm. a three-year kind of idea, not necessarily a 25-year idea. Mm-hmm. Um I know when I started seeing one of my partners, we were friends and had a very enmeshed friendship hmm. life. And I felt very strongly like these people are friends of mine who I expect will probably be part of my universe into the far distant, indefinite future. Mm-hmm. And it definitely colored like the sort of caution of do I want to enter? Do I, How much do I want to change this relationship? Yeah. Because... I kind of want to. (laughs) But I'm kind of scared because I really like how things are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this future that I can see, that's not like a traditional monogamous relationship future, but, you know, an important friendship dynamic. And, you know, fortunately, I feel like, okay, we're all grownups, we can actually handle whatever (laughs) kind of changes may or may not evolve. Mm -hmm. But for the time being, like, oh, okay, good, like, this, we still have all of the things that I valued about the friendship, and now, also other things. Yeah,
2: yeah, or I also kind of sometimes came back to, like, well, not everything I do has that question of, well, how is it going to affect my future, or, like, well, what's the future of it? I mean, I don't know, getting maybe a little more existential than we need to I had a garden for the first time this year and it's like, well, I planted all these plants and they're going to bloom and last for a year and we're going to take the fruit and then I have to do it all over again next year. So I've always, I've always had a hard time with that question of like, well, where's the future in it? Well, there's so many things we do and we experience and we explore that maybe doesn't have a future to it, but that doesn't make it any less important or exciting or, or worthy
1: and i kind of like the idea of the garden analogy because sometimes the future could be kind of seasonal like it doesn't have to be forever into the future to still have a future what's Mm -hmm. the future the future is we're planting this garden and we're seeing what it grows Mm -hmm. and you really enjoy that fruit yeah yeah. (laughs) i and maybe they're all annuals (laughs) but maybe maybe it turns out one of them is a perennial and it's just gonna keep coming back you never know or maybe
2: i i always find it kind of funny because the D group that i play with every other week is made up mostly entirely of people i have dated um <laughs> <laughs> and am no longer dating but i am so glad that they were in my life because they are so great to play D with and i think about that quite often it's like sometimes i'll just sit there and look around the room and be like huh you know maybe dating you like we didn't work together at all, maybe, but goodness, you are great to play D&D with. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so glad that this turned into this type of relationship, and like, I don't regret for a moment any of that because it got, it got us to this place that maybe I never expected, and maybe there's not a future outside of it once this D&D campaign ends, but goodness gracious, this journey is great.
1: I wish you could all see that Lane is wearing a most awesome <laughs> D twenty dress while telling this story. Yeah,
0: that is pretty great, and yeah, it's also yeah. a D twenty
1: dress that Lane and I have discussed the fact that yes. I also own. Oh, nice. So, but I am not wearing it today. That would have been great. It would have been. I'm kicking myself.
0: Yeah, I yeah. like the idea that like the loss of a commitment could also be the evolution of the beginning of a different yeah. kind of commitment, a, a friendship commitment. Mm-hmm. And and I I also like the idea that the fact that like. D and D group is a commitment. You yeah. you meet with oh my them God, on a regular basis. Yeah, like <laughs> my crazy. poly group is a commitment. Mm-hmm. N- my job, my kid. There's so many different types and styles of commitments that you can have, and maybe maybe a relationship that doesn't work out as a romantic relationship could be a friendship or a business partner or you know somebody that you're working with in some other capacity. Yeah. Because I don't know. I think poly people are pretty fluid when it comes mm-hmm. to being able to interact with people in multiple ways and fashions and... Well, indeed,
1: the the two times that I tried to learn D&D as a younger person, Mm. um, when I was still monogamous, both exploded because of relationship complications. (laughs) And, you know, poly people can have the maybe advantage of being able to figure out how to navigate that with better communication skills and more flexibility about defining relationships. yeah.
2: Absolutely. And I I found that I have, I just, I feel like at this point, I have like this Rolodex full of people that I can call on now for things that I need. Like one of them, I can, like, if I need to know something about plants, I know who I can text immediately. um, Because A lot of them, like, maybe I went on one or two dates with, or even if we broke up after a little while, like, we still have that relationship. And so, like, we have these topics that we can still talk about. Like, I have this vast array of knowledge I can call upon when I need it. Um, Even if it didn't work out as a relationship, I still have, there's something that these people bring to my life that is still beautiful and amazing. And I really enjoy that. Uh, I have one friend that, like, once a month or so, we go out for lunch and get barbecue. And that's, I mean, occasionally we'll do other things, but he's a really busy person. But we always go out and get barbecue. And, like, it feels like at this point that's something I can count on. And I really love it. And it's like, all right, he and I go out and get barbecue, like, once a month. Relationship are yeah. narrow,
1: <laughs> but they're <laughs> but, awesome. Yeah
2: um and like we we do occasionally do other stuff too but with his business he's so busy and stuff but it's like no we have this thing and I know I can count on that and to me that's that's a commitment that's something that I can count on and I can look forward to and that I know is there and yeah maybe it's not a huge commitment but it's something that definitely enriches my life
0: so do you have any advice on uh on cultivating your commitment garden (laughs) <laughs> which is totally what I'm calling the episode <laughs> I love that I'm um, getting a little Nancy
1: Friday vibe out of this right? <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, never mind
2: um, I I think I would say number one to maybe not be too afraid um, being able to let things become what they're going to become can be scary I think because we have the the normal idea that society kind of puts out of the escalator of well this is what success looks like and if you're not within these parameters then it's not successful and what have you done um, <laughs> my mom sent me a funny text the other day a family member is moving in with their significant other and she was like oh i guess it's getting real serious now and i was like so is that the the parameter for Being, like, in a serious relationship is you have to cohabitate. And she kind of joked back, like, well, yeah, of course. And so I was like, okay, good to know. So I need a much bigger house. (laughs) Um, And I I just thought that was funny. And it's just like you don't – it doesn't have to look like what you maybe expect it to or sometimes maybe from what you want it to. And to give it the space and the communication and the patience for it to become what's going to work out for everyone involved. And sometimes I don't know I'm, I'm th- now I'm actually thinking back to my garden this year and I planted too many pumpkins and they just absolutely took over and then they all died and now everything else is just exploding and I've got all of these real cool caterpillars and bugs and stuff and it's just been so... Fun, even though I had no idea what I was doing and I totally messed messed up a couple things. Just to watch it grow and become its own thing and to maybe not feel like you failed because you planted too many pumpkins or you focused too much on one thing or, you know, it's okay to have caterpillars because those ones are going to turn into some pretty neat butterfly things. So just letting it be and being able to be open to what it what it becomes and to not get too bogged down in well this commitment has to be xyz or the future has to be xyz and if you're not part of that if you don't fit into this idea then it's not there is no no future right yeah or you know just just because we can't date doesn't mean we can't play (laughs) dnd like there's there's always something and that's the disclaimer I usually give on things like that is like, that, that doesn't mean that you always keep toxic people or something in your life. There are people that you have to say, no, I need to walk away from you. But with the people that are good people, just because they're not a good significant other, or just because they're not a good friend or good whatever it is, doesn't mean that they can't be a great something else in your life. And being willing to explore that... Can, can take guts and courage and communication, but I've found that by and large,
0: it's pretty worth it. Very cool. Yeah. Do you have any other questions or point you would like to add? I do not. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for yeah. coming in and being interviewed today. Yeah, definitely. Me. And that is it from us at Polyamory Uncensored. We have been Lindsay Miller. And Katie Williams. We'd like to thank podcast husband Rob for being our sound engineer.
1: And thank you, Lindsay for editing this podcast so that we sound smart.
0: You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Polyamory Uncensored.
1: Contact us at polyamoryuncensored at gmail.com
0: if you have a listener question or a comment. And if you'd like to support us at all, you can send us a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash polyamoryuncensored and simply click on the support this podcast button.
1: If you'd like to support the podcast with a one-time contribution, we've set up a PayPal link to make it super easy. Thank you for your support in any amount at paypal.me slash polyamory uncensored.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this episode and remember,
1: we love you. Bye.